They praised him. They lifted him up on this day. And then surely they crucified him. But it was a process that he had to go through for me and for you. He couldn't despise the process that God and him had already discussed that this was the process. This was the way that you have to go. But even in the midst of the process, Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. If thy will, take this cup from me. He said that three times because there was going to be a separation that he had never felt before. And he was so used to being connected to the Father. But he did it for us that we might live this life and not just live this life, but live this life in abundance. That's why he did it. He took my sins. He took your sins upon him. They beat him for us. But he went through the process. And for you to get to that next place, you have to go through the process. It's not going to be easy. Jesus' journey was not easy. And before Jesus left, he prayed for his disciples. And he also prayed for those who will one day believe, which is us. Because he knew he had a plan for you. He knew he had a job that only you could fulfill and get it done. And he told us, the world not going to love you because the world didn't love me. So everything you do, everybody ain't going to hurrah you and be on your team. Get over it. Because they didn't to Jesus. You can't please everybody all the time. Because when you think you're doing good, they're going to say something that you miss. We got to keep it moving. Because you know you got to do what the Father is telling you to do in this season and in this time. People are dying literally daily. And while we are here on this earth, while we are in the game, we got to put some baskets and some scores on that clock. Because when it's over, it's over. When it's over, you're just going to talk about what I did. And if I didn't do nothing, you ain't going to have nothing to say. But only really what I do for Christ is what's going to matter and what's going to last. Everything else is temporal. If he heal you, one day you're going to get sick again. But at the end of the day, you still go die. If he give you a big house and a big car, one day you're going to leave that big house and that big car here. And hopefully you have your stuff in order so the, those that you're leaving it behind for won't be fighting over it, just like Jesus did. He made sure his mother was taken care of even in his death while he was dying on the cross. He didn't leave nothing undone. It's going to be temporal. But he said only what we do for Christ is going to last. So the things that we're doing for Christ, that's where you're getting your badges from. That's where you're getting your merits from. Because the rest ain't going to mean nothing. It's going to stay here. But when you go before your maker, what is he going to say? Did you do what I asked you to do? 
Did you do the assignment that you were destined to do that only you can do? That's why we can't count nobody out. We all have an assignment. And all of our assignments are different. And it's different people that we can reach based on what God has given us. Our principal text is Genesis 1, 26 through 29. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 28. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 29. And he said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be food. He gave us everything that we were going to need to be able to do the job that he has equipped us to do. He said, let us make men. That was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit coming together to make us in their image, in their likeness. So there are 12 functions that the Holy Spirit is helping us to do while we are here. The Holy Spirit is our source of power. His work within us will last a lifetime. It's not going to be over until you leave this place. His job is to enable us to do everything God desires and to transform us into the people God wants us to be. This is our source of power. One, he convicts us of sin. John 16 and 8. It lets us know that we need a Savior. It lets us know that we are not here by ourselves. And he when he comes, will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need of a savior and about righteousness and about judgment. Number two, he permanently dwells in us. John 14, 16 and 17. I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He's in us. Number three, it said he seals us. Ephesians 1 and 13, in him you are trusted after you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, 
in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He has sealed you. So when the devil come and tell you anything else, you got to know the word and tell him the word. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. For he teaches us. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things I have said unto you. Luke 12 and 12. But the Holy Spirit would teach you that very hour what you ought to say. Sometimes we feel we don't know what to say and we don't want to know what to do. God, what's next? So God, you said the Holy Spirit would teach me that very hour what to say. You got to call upon that. You got to implore that in situations where you don't know what, where to go and what to do. And those things that sometimes we just forget. God, bring that back to my remembrance. Where's that scripture at? What things do I need to get done that I might be forgetting about that got to be done today? It's an urgency on it. Bring that back to my remembrance. Five, guides us into all truth. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, full and complete truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but he will speak whatsoever he hears from the father, the message regarding the son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. Even those things that you don't know right now. He will show you and tell you what's to come. Isn't that just what that said? That's your future. Your direction. He having you to go. Because he already know your steps. He already have a plan and a purpose. So why wouldn't I ask him to lead and to guide me and to show me what's to come? Because he already has it and he already knows it. Number six, he reminds us. And that's the same one with um, John 14 and 26, where he will bring those things back to our remembrance. Number seven, he bears fruit through us. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the spirit of truth, the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others. Do we have that love? Joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. How you acting? Delay don't mean denial, but you still have to wait. You could be next in line, but if somebody is before you, you still have to wait. Are you going to wait patiently or are we going to wait complaining, grumbling, sick of this, tired of this, 
or are we going to have the right attitude? He's looking at the attitude, how we wait. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against there is no law. He comforted us, John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. He had to go. Because when he was here, he could only be at so many places at one time. He couldn't be everywhere. But he said the Holy Ghost is going to be your strengthener. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your standby. He's going to be right with you in my absence. And he's telling us everything that the Holy Ghost is going to be able to do for us. Now, he equipped us with spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit gives them. That's telling me we're not going to all have the same gift. But the same spirit that give it to me will give you something too. It's like at Christmas time. I ain't buy the boys the same toy. They all got different gifts based on what their talents, what they asked for. But it was still the same mama that gave the gifts. <laughs> Five, there are different ways of serving. But the same Lord is served. How you serve might not be how I serve. But we still serving him. Because what he has asked you to do and how he wants you to serve might be different in how he wants me to serve. But I still got to serve. I can't get out of it. There are different abilities to perform service. But the same God gives ability to all for their particular service. I'm not going to do it the same way you do it. You're not going to do it the same way I do it. We are different. There's a particular way I'm going to do it. There's a particular way you're going to do it. But at the end of the day, we both serving God. The Spirit's present and shown in some way in each person for the good of all. As a body. When you do your part, when I do my part, it's going to bless the community. It's going to bless our households. Because we all have a part that God wants us to do. That's why it's vital that we all do our part. We all have a part to serve for him. Ten, he fills us. Ephesians 5 and 18, do not be drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, stupidity, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and consistently guided by him. 
How many got a car? Have y'all just filled it up once? How often do you go fill it up? Based on how, how much gas you need. And sometimes it's based on how you're using it. If I stay home all week, then I'm not going to need as much gas. But if I'm out and about, I'm driving here, there, and the other, I'm going to need to be filled up. I can't give to y'all and don't refill me up. I'm going to be on empty. I'm going to be spinning my wheels, and I need to be filled up. But not just giving to y'all. I need it for myself. Because when y'all get on like this nerve right here, I know I need another refilling. Because you know you, you like on empty, and it's like, I, I need to go get filled back up. The stuff that normally don't bother me is bothering me. But that's why he's here. To where when we feel like we can't ha handle it, God, you got to help me with this. You got to refill me. And how to refill it is just you praying and reading the word. Reminding yourself why you're doing what you're doing. Reminding yourself that he died on the cross for you. And all days ain't going to be good days, but I'm going to have his help. He's empowered me, empowering me to help me through the days. When you don't suffer something for a long time, sometimes it get like, hey, I'm tired of this. But the Bible says it's light afflictions. We call it heavy. The Bible say light. But it's going to produce a weight of glory. What's going to happen? That situation I've been through, when I talk about it, you're going to know. I got some glory on that. I done been through the rain, the storm, and I done came out. It didn't feel good. I felt it was heavy, but I can't say what I feel. I got to say what God said. God said it's light. The Johnson family lost Amos Johnson 33 years ago in December. Prior to that, my grandmother died in that same year, 85, at Thanksgiving. My mom lost her mother and her husband the same year, not even a month apart, a couple days apart. That was heavy. But what the Bible say? Light. But through that light affliction, we have been able to help people go through that. Is it something we chose? Is it something we picked? No. If I could have had my daddy here, he would still be here. So we can't pick what we go through. We just got to believe God in the midst of it all. Your battle and your fight might not be my battle and my fight, but I got my own battle and my own fight. But he's going to help me with my battle and my fight. But it's going to bring a weight of glory. Because why? When you're going through it, you're going to depend on him. You're going to pray like you've never prayed. You're going to seek his face because you know without him, you cannot do it. So he said, in my weakness.
weakness. My grace is sufficient. Because in your weakness, I have the strength. So what I like to say is, before he decided to put that load on you, he knew you could handle it. Not by yourself, but through his grace. Why? Because he said, my grace is sufficient. So he had to take note of the load he was putting on you. He knew that load, my mama could handle it. It might have been days she didn't want to handle it. It might have been days where she thought she was going to lose her mind. But he considered all of that and said, my strength is sufficient in this. Because when you are weak, yet am I strong. So when you say, oh, I can't handle that. You might not like it, but you got the grace to handle it based on the word. So yeah, you can handle it. You might not want to handle it, but you have to know that yes, you can handle it. Because God is in the process with us. He would never leave us nor forsake us. 12, he transforms us. 2 Corinthians 13 through 18. Now the spirit of the Lord. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. In the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Our faces then are not covered. We all show the Lord's glory. And we are being changed to be like him. This change in us brings us ever glory, ever greater glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Minister John, we're not who we used to be because we change in his presence and we go from glory to glory. So the picture that you see, yeah, is, is me. But as I walk this walk, daily I'm changing to be like him. So it's no longer me that you see. It's Christ in me that you see. So the things that you used to do, you don't do no more because of the glory of the Lord. The places you used to go, you don't go no more because of the glory of the Lord. The things you used to say, you don't say no more because of the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed daily and it's going to take a lifetime. Because as he convicted himself, we got to measure up. I, I can't do that no more. I can't go there no more. Why? Because the picture is no longer me but Christ. And we want people to see Christ and not us. Because in us, our feelings get hurt. In us, we take our ball and we want to go home. But in Christ, he didn't do that. He loved us unconditionally. He didn't give up when we didn't do what was right because he knew she going to come back. 
Because ain't nothing else she could do. I got this. Because he's a guarantee. We can depend on him. And that's why we're transformed in his image and in his likeness. Seven ways you can grasp on the word of God. How am I going to do this? I need some instruction. I need some steps to show me how to do this. You're saying I'm in his image and I'm in his likeness. But how? Give me some tools that's going to help me. First, you got to hear it like we're doing here today. You got to know what the word is saying about you. And that's in Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and, and by hearing the word of God. You know what? Faith of anything comes by hearing, literally. If you don't hear, you're stupid over and over and over. That's what you believe. Because you done heard it over and over. If that's somebody telling you that, or you telling yourself this. So often the limits that we have in our lives is based on the limits we done set for ourselves. Because if you say, I can't do it, you ain't going to go beyond what you feel you can't do. But initially, if you start working out, start running, you might can't do but a half a mile. But when you condition that body to do more, that body go do more. So as you apply and listen to the word of God, you hear the word of God, you believe, yeah, I can do more. Yeah, I am more than a conqueror. But it's by hearing the word of God. So what are you listening to? What are you letting come in your spirit? What limitations are you setting for yourself? You can read it. Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is a living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and to the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. You can fool me some of the time. We can't fool God none of the time. Our motives and why we do, why we saying what we saying, God knows. 2 Timothy 3 and 16, all scripture is given for instruction of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We got to read the word. We got to know what it says. If you've been given a will and you don't read it, you don't know what you have. Our Bible, he has given us things. He has given us promises. But if you don't read it, you're not going to know it. 2 Timothy 3, 17. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. He's equipping me for the work. So I can't say I can't do it. 
Psalms 19, 119 and 5. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This is what the word does for us when we read it. It gives us direction. It shows us what way we ought to go and what way we should go. Matthew 4 and 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So we got to read it. We got to know what it said. We all got manuals to cars and stuff that we ain't never open. So really you're not using it to the capacity because you don't know. Sometimes we run up on stuff and say, oh, that, that does that. But if you were to actually read the book from cover to cover, you would know. And those that do know every feature that the car has. Same thing with the Bible. If you don't read it, you don't know. You can be going around in a circle in a circle and don't have to be going around and going around if you just take the time and read it. To grasp it, we have to study it. 2 Timothy 2 through 15, be diligent to present yourself, approve to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. We got to study it. We got to know what it says. So when we're helping somebody else, we're rightly dividing it. What is God saying here? So sometimes we can't just pull out a verse without reading a chapter before, the chapter after. What is it fully saying? What did God mean here? Because a lot of times we want to pull out stuff that we want to beat people on the head with. But are we rightly dividing the intent of the scripture? You got to memorize the word. Psalms 119 and 11 says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I got to know the word. So if the word told me not to do it, I won't do it. But I got to know what the word says concerning it. I got to memorize that. Number five, you can meditate on the word. Joshua 1 and 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in the night and in the day that you may observe to do all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. I got to meditate day and night. How many just eat once a day? So I got to read it more than just in the morning. If you're a third shifter and your morning is at night, you got to read it more than at night. Because the Bible said if I want to have good success in a prosperous way, I have to know what the Bible is saying concerning it. And that's what I'm going to stand on. What did he say in this situation? How's he lead me in this situation? Number six. We got to apply the word. James 1, 22. 
but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. The things we hear, we got to do. The things he's telling you to do, you have to do. And then seven, you have to speak the word. That's in Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What are you saying? Is it lining up with the word? Is it what you really want to eat on? If not, change it. Change your appetite. Pastor David and First Lady is vegan. They had to change their appetite. They had to say no to chicken. First couple times, it might have been hard to say no to chicken. But the longer you stay away from chicken, the easier it's going to get. But the health benefits that they're seeing, it's benefiting them based on the lifestyle. That's the same way with the word of God. You have to speak it. You have to apply it. I mean, I got to do it. I can't be wanting, wishing, hoping, and yet not doing. God is not going to come down here and move your hand when you can move your own hand. Come on. He's not going to come down here and feed you and you can feed yourself. He's going to do the stuff that you can't do. He's going to put the super on our natural to help us to go where no man has ever gone before. He ain't going to do that practical stuff. Get up. Uh-uh. Get up. <laughs> when your kids couldn't tie their shoes, you tied their shoes. When they got to the point they could tie their shoe, um, tie that shoe and let's go. Why? I'm not going to tie your shoe and you can tie your own shoe. So let's ask God for stuff that we can't do, not stuff that we just don't want to do. <laughs> We are transformed in his image and in his likeness. He got a job that only you can do. Your fingerprint is your fingerprint. Your DNA is your DNA. Out of the billions of people, trillions of people, there's nobody like you. You are special in his sight. You are the apple of his eye. He sent his son to die for you if he will leave the 99 for the one what more would he do for you <laughs>